We are so delighted today to have evangelist Caleb Herring with us. Back last year when we were uh, first thrown into this whole COVID season, um, we had this great virtual revival. You remember that? We had like a hundred straight days of preaching and singing and, and uh, you know, it'd be good to do that again. We don't really have to have COVID to do that, but it was a, it was a great time. And uh, our, our uh, technology team was working day and night, but we really uh, had a great time being able to expand our reach uh, beyond our city, beyond our state, even beyond the country. And so many thousands of people would tune in. Well, we were introduced to a lot of different ministries. And one of those ministries was the ministry of evangelist Caleb Herring from uh, Bogalusa, Louisiana. And then, uh, of course, he was with us during our WINS conference. And uh, this young man is being used to the Lord all over the country and, uh, and even some other countries as well. And we are so blessed that he is with us for the very first time live at East Wind Pentecostal Church. Would you make evangelist Caleb Herring feel welcome here? God bless you in Jesus' name. Why don't you give Jesus a big praise in the house? Come on, just let him know you're glad to be in his presence on Pentecost Sunday. Amen. I'll tell you what, high five two or three people around you and tell them it's good to see them in the house of the Lord. Tell them today is their day for a miracle. Tell them God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Where two or three agree touching any one thing. Why don't you agree together right now? That it's your day for a miracle. Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Psalm 100 and verse number 1. It is such a delight of mine. Great privilege to be here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And I just want to say the spirit of excellence that this church operates in is just unbelievable and i'm so thankful uh, for this wonderful church and everyone that makes all of this happen god bless you and i honor you today and don't you love pastor myers and his wonderful family amen they are some of the most christian people that i have ever uh had the privilege to be around and yesterday they took me to get Cuban food and let me just tell you that's the will of God that's the will I could give an altar call right now and everybody would get the Holy Ghost my goodness and uh, good to see Bishop in the house and his wonderful wife Sister Myers I honor them God bless you thank you so much you know my generation stands on the shoulders of men like this so I honor them today and I am so thankful for all that they have done to advance the kingdom of God through the years. And I believe that East Wind's greatest days were not yesterday. But I believe East Wind's greatest days are right here and right around the corner. Anybody believe that? Come on, anybody believe your greatest days are coming? I'm thankful for all of you that are here, but I believe God can fill up every seat in this building. I'm going to say that again. I'm thankful for all of you that are here, but I believe God can fill up every seat in this building. Anybody believe that's how big your God is? 
Praise God. I tell you what, before we move any further, would you just lift your hands? Would you close your eyes? And I'm asking you to push right now. Let's pray for just a moment. Can you raise the volume in this house? And let's create an atmosphere for the supernatural. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm chapter 100, verse number 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, and serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all. Everybody say all. To all generations. There are some revelations that are tucked away here in this particular psalm. And that first revelation is in verse number 3, where David said, Before you know anything else about him, you have to know that there is a God and he's real. And once you know that there's a God, he gets into the realm of salvation and says, We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture. And if you're here today and you believe there is a God. You can get into that realm of salvation. And God can fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And you can be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. And everything can change. And then he gets into that third revelation. And he said that his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations in other words God is faithful he's faithful he's faithful I want to talk to you about that third revelation of God here today the third revelation of God One more time, would you lay your Bibles down and would you lift your hands and lift your voice and let this place sound like a mighty army. You ought to lift your voice with such expectancy and faith that it sounds like many waters in this room right now. Come on, lift your voice.
and let God know you're not interested in leaving the same way that you came. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. If you believe today is your day for a miracle, I want you to put your hands together and clap them with everything you've got. Now, why don't you mix your voice with that and just shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise God. Praise God. The third revelation of God. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. The first revelation David covers is the revelation that there is a God. But it's not enough just to know that God exists. We need to know the nature of this God that exists. The prophet Isaiah said that God inhabits eternity. When you read your Bible in Isaiah 57 and 15, you'll find out that that is the only verse in the King James Bible that the word eternity ever occurs. The same Hebrew word is found in Isaiah 9 and 6 when God is called the everlasting Father. So from this we understand that God's existence never began in time. But these words ascribe to Him a never ending duration. In eternity there is God. And in time there is creation. And in time there are covenants between God and creation. So God's nature is an eternal nature. It's not a temporary nature. God is not subject to time, but time is subject to God. Both Old and New Testaments contain metaphorical language, such as when Scripture says that God has eyes, and God has ears, and God has Hands and a mouth and an outstretched arm. But we have to realize that when an eternal God is given attributes that are temporary and created attributes, it's metaphorical language being used for our human understanding. A spirit does not have flesh and bones. So before God manifests himself in the flesh... The prophet spoke in language that humanity could understand. And there is no word in the human vocabulary to adequately describe God. You can say that he's amazing, but amazing is not good enough. You could say that he's powerful, but powerful is not good enough. You could say that he's extraordinary, but extraordinary is not good enough. So they had to describe him in such a way that would allow finite minds to somewhat comprehend 
an infinite God. It's an attempt for created people who operate in time to understand a God that operates in eternity. You see, time is connected with change and motion. That's why there is erosion. That's why things fade. That's why people age because we operate in time and therefore we change. So things in time have a beginning and they have an ending. And they develop in stages from their beginning to their ending. The writer of Hebrews said, Thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundations of the earth. And the heavens are the works of the hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. Because when motion and change affect time, there is an eternal God that remains the same. Scripture calls this attribute immutability. It means never changing. It means never wavering, never varying, never altering. And immutability helps us understand eternity because time has a continual succession. It's divided up into segments and parts. And scripture is broken down into dispensation and eras. As a matter of fact, much of Israel's history is even documented according to time frame in the book of Chronicles, which is actually the book of times. So time began at creation. But God is before creation. Therefore God is before time. So if God operates outside the parameter of time. Your God is so big that he also operates outside of space. We do not believe that God ends when time ends. And even though space is infinite in extent. We do not believe that God ends when space ends. But actually space is inside of God. We see space as endless, but God sees space as something he is bigger than. And so this immutable God cannot be affected by time. Because if God could change, he would become better or worse. And that is impossible for a perfect God. Time could not have existed before creation because that would have caused God to choose one moment rather than another moment to perform the act of creation. You see, humans perceive time by observing the present and remembering the past but because God is eternal God is also omniscient which means God neither loses an idea he once had nor does he gain an idea that he previously did not have how many of you are thankful that God knows the beginning from the ending And so time is subject to God. If it were not for an eternal God, there'd be no concept of time. And if there were no concept of time, we could never truly appreciate an eternal God that is unaffected by time. Which brings us to the first revelation of God in Psalm chapter 100. And that is the revelation that before anything else, there is a God. 
Before there was time, there was God. Before there was creation, there was God. And before David wrote about him as shepherd, and before David wrote about his goodness, and before David wrote about his faithfulness, David said, we have got to know that somewhere out there, there is a God. As a matter of fact, the very origin of Scripture says, in the beginning, God. That means before the first star ever twinkled in the sky, before the first blade of grass ever broke through the soil of the earth, before the moon ever lit up the midnight hour, before the first wave ever beat upon the shoreline of a beach, before the first mountain ever peaked into the atmosphere, there was a God. Because Moses said before the mountains were brought forth, ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Paul said he is before all things. And Hebrews said he that cometh to God must believe that he is God. But we have to ask the question here today. Why did an eternal God create temporary humanity? And the answer is because man is the only creation that worships God in their own volition and their own free will. Can I tell you that we are created to receive the revelation that there is a God and then we must praise Him in response to that revelation. That's why David said make a joyful noise not because of all the monetary things He has given you but simply because of the revelation that He exists. But can I tell you, any heathen can believe God exists and not praise Him for that revelation. Which is why Paul said when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. I want you to know that God does not need man's praise in order to receive praise. But the heavens declare the glory of God even when you don't. And God had a backup plan in case the apostolic church decides not to praise Him. Which is why he said if these should hold their peace uh, then the stones would immediately cry out can I tell you God never stops being God Uh, that's why David said I will bless the Lord at all uh, times uh, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth Uh, God is faithful with his presence uh, so we need to be faithful with our praise uh, so it doesn't matter if you're happy or sad uh, if you're up or you're down uh, if you're sick or you're healthy, you've got a mandate to praise God. So why don't you do that right now and say, God, I don't need anything from you. I just want to praise you because somewhere out there, there is a God.
You know, I've noticed something in Pentecost traveling across our movement. I've noticed that Pentecostals can get real selfish with our praise. We can come into the house of God and get this little entertainment mentality that says, I've got a good health. I've got the dream house, the dream car, the dream jobs. My marriage is doing good. My kids are all living for God. I don't have any health issues. And we can just sit back with our arms folded and our mouths shut. All the while, there's an addict on the same row as us that's waiting on us to praise God and get them out of their bondage. As a matter of fact, I was in a church service several years ago and there was an atheist that walked into the house of God. He said, I'm here looking for a young lady. She's a friend of mine. He said, she just got the Holy Ghost. She just got baptized. I'm just here because she's here. I don't even believe that there's a God. And he walked in and he sat down on about the third or fourth row and he just folded his arms and sat there. But we were having one of those church services that apostolics like to have from time to time. There was dancing and there was shouting and there was aisle running and that atheist couldn't take it anymore. He got out of his seat, ran down to the altar. He hit his knees and with tears rolling down his face, God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you need from God. There's somebody else that's waiting on your praise to get them out of their bondage. Why don't you shout, not for yourself, but for the person on your row. You ought to give God a big praise in this house and watch God deliver your neighbor. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So the question is, how did her soul magnify or enlarge a God that fills all time and space? You see, God was not made bigger in his existence. He was made bigger in her personal understanding of him. We enlarge God in our lives when we learn something new about him. And Mary magnified God when she had the revelation of the Messiah in her womb. She knew that somewhere out there, there was a God but now she knows him as her savior and that's the second revelation of Psalm 100 we first praise God because he's God but David said enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise because now we know we are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture is anybody glad to be part of the church of the living God And so Mary prays because it was a new revelation of a God that she already believed in. That's why new converts are so radical when they come into the house of God. They don't know you can't shout on the slow song. They don't know how to do their little cute Pentecostal patty cake. They don't know how to gripe when you don't shake their hand. They don't know how to complain when you sit in their seat. They don't know how to get mad when you don't sing the old songs or the new songs. They don't know how to get upset When the thermostat isn't set on their preference, all they know is I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I would to God there'd be some.
some delivered apostolics in this room here today that can say when I think of the goodness of Jesus and the bar stool that he got me off of and the nicotine he come on somebody aren't you thankful today that he brought you out of sin no you ought to really think about what God has delivered you from and give him the praise that he's really worthy Take about 10 seconds and give God everything you've got. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. That means that God is faithful. And that's the third revelation of Psalm 100. Because David said, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. David realized from the time he was young to the time that he was old, God has always been there. It took David's entire life to realize uh, that God is faithful. That's why your praise should be greater today uh, than what it was when God first found you. Because now you've been around long enough to know uh, that when I was sick, uh, he was there. Uh, When I was divorced, uh, he was there. Uh, When I got the diagnosis, uh, he was there. Uh, When I had no money, uh, he was there. Uh, When I should have died in the car wreck, uh, he was there. Uh, You ought to give God your I'm still here, praise. I should have died, but God. I should have been divorced, but God. I should. You ought to be out of your seat dancing in this house and say, God, I'm thankful you were there. You've always been there. Come here, Elder. Come help me preach, Elder. Right here. Come help me preach. Come help me preach. You know what you're looking at right here? You're looking at some ears. You're looking at some gray hair. You're looking at somebody that knows he might not have the strength that he used to have when he was in his 20s and his 30s. But he does have a third revelation of God. And that is that throughout his life, he's never had to be without God. Some of you young people ought to take a note from the elder right here. Because there's going to come a day that you walk through what he went through. And you'll get the same revelation. He was there. He was there when mom and dad were fighting. He was there when they laughed at you at school. He was there when you were depressed. I wish there'd be a young person that would get out of their seat and say, Elder, if you made it, I can make it. Lift your voice and give God everything you've got right now.
He was there. He was there when your daddy walked out on you. He was there when your spouse left you. He was there when you had no money in your pocket. He was there when you got the report from the doctor that said you got cancer. He was there when your car spun out of control and you should have died. Because there are some revelations you don't get unless you stick around for a little while. That's why God created time. Because without time we wouldn't have the revelation of an eternal God that's unaffected by time. Can I tell you God is the same yesterday and today and forever. And if God did it then, He can still do it now. It might be a different day or a different generation, but He's still a miracle worker. He's still a provider. He's still a Savior. There is nothing God cannot do. And you ought to shout about that in this house. Go. Forget about the next good point. Your shout is a good point. Your dance is a good... He's an eternal God and he's always been there and he's always going to be there. You see, the God that we serve is not confined to a clock or a calendar. He transcends time and operates in the realm of eternity. You can look at the order of creation in Genesis chapter 1. And you can find out that he's an eternal God that sees down the road. He did not create the birds and then the trees. He created the trees and then the birds. He did not create the fish and then the sea. He created the sea and then created the fish. In other words, he created provision before there was anything that needed the provision. He said there's no bird yet, but there's going to be. So let me plant this tree here. There's no fish yet, but there's going to be. So let me put this water here. Man has not sinned yet, but they're going to. So let me step outside of time and be the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Can I tell you, he was your friend before you got lonely. He was your healing before the diagnosis. He was your light before there was darkness. He was your joy before you were sad. He was your help. Lift your hands and let's pray all over the house. Come on. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Matter of fact, give me somebody that needs a miracle right now. We're going to see a move of the Holy Ghost here today. Give me somebody that needs a miracle right now. You need a miracle right now. Is it you, sis? Here we go by the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of the Word of God. I loose the miraculous power of God in this life right now. Right now. I'm telling you, if you need a breakthrough, you can get a miracle here today. You don't have to leave the same way you came. God can...
I want everybody out of your seat and run to this altar right now. If you need a miracle, God's a healer. If you need provision, He's a provider. Everybody out of your seat. It ain't just about you. Come pray for those that need a miracle. Find somebody to pray with. Agree together for a miracle.